Hello there. It's time for Most Things Kenobi. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Leanne. And I'm your host, Lauren. Hey, and we're together! (laughs) We're literally sitting across the table from each other. Yes, which might explain why our audio is a little different, but it should be still pretty... Pretty decent. I yeah, would we did say. some we did some test runs. We'll yeah. try not to talk over each other. Well, last time when we were at your place, we were trying to record with two microphones in one room, and it was a disaster. So we're trying a different approach this time. Yeah, and we're here to talk about us having seen Rogue One in person together at the IMAX yesterday. It was so good. I'm kind of still not over it. I know. <laughs> I spent like all night last night looking up animated gifts of Rogue One because I love it so much. My love for those characters have been rekindled. I've seen it how many times? I know. It never gets old. It never gets old. And it never fails to hurt. No. Oh my God. I started to lose. You you cried more than me. I I started to like get teary eyed at the beginning. I was like, no, calm down. Yeah, I, I just let it happen. Then it's always around where Chirrut yeah. dies. Then I cry basically from there all the way to the end of the movie and during the credits. I, I, I love everyone. And we have said probably a dozen times between yesterday and today how they all deserved better. Because yes. what a bunch of heroes they really are. Yeah, so... Every single one of them was selfless and trying to serve a higher purpose, mm-hmm. and it just hurts so much. They because... tried to right their own wrongs, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole scene when Cassian meets Jin after she tries to get the Rebellion to help, and they won't, and she goes out into the hangar, and mm-hmm. Cassian's there with all the soldiers. I Honestly, the whole movie, like, seeing it on a big screen gave me a new perspective, and that scene in particular, I was like, wow, because now we know with the Andor show coming up, mm-hmm. it, it, like, added more weight to that scene. Seeing it on the big screen, I saw stuff I never really saw before, I heard things I never heard before. It was a really fun... And to get to do it with you. With you! I know! <laughs> and I've been here for uh, several days, and it's been a really nice time. Oh, good. I'm and, glad. But that was that was like a dream. Yeah. Because you and I have never seen a Star Wars movie together in the theaters. In the theaters. And now, make no mistake, we have seen Rogue One before when it was originally released. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the theaters. But we didn't know... What we know now. <laughs> no. Did we even know each other when it first came out? I don't think... I don't think so. I don't think so. Because it was like, what was it, 2016 when the yes. movie came out? And yeah, I don't we were think... 2017. Yeah, we started talking after it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of full circle. Honestly, other than like maybe Empire Strikes Back, this would be the movie I want to see with you in the theater because I love this movie so much. It's possibly... I mean, obviously, original trilogy is my favorite, but... I would say Empire Strikes Back and then Rogue One, probably my favorite top two. Yeah, I'm pretty close to that. I love A New Hope also. I'm partial to A New Hope. Yeah, I was going to say because yeah. it's, it, it's the movie that got me. Right, exactly. It's yeah, the no. beginning of everything. Yeah. So, yeah. but And I love Return of the Jedi, but like it's more childish. Like It's fun because I loved it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Rogue One is not childish in any Ugh. way. Ugh. It taps into all my adult 
feelings of pain and loss and sacrifice and like setting aside your own personal well-being and interest for the greater good there was a moment at the end where i was like if i don't rein this in i'm gonna do the like ugly cry oh i did the ugly cry i I make no apologies (laughs) we sent a video to our patrons of what we looked like before and after yeah, it was a swollen, red, disgusting mess afterwards. It was so funny. Leanne got up and went to the bathroom and came back with a roll of toilet paper because I, we were both crying. Well, the luxury of knowing this movie so well is that I knew which part I could sneak away for like four minutes and come back yeah. and not miss anything technically. And there just was this small, almost empty roll. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm going to take apart this dispenser take take this. the roll. <laughs> it was good because... I needed it. The I should have blowing was yes. a necessary thing by I the end. Should have brought tissues. I don't know what we were thinking to well, go we to that movie without tissues. <laughs> it's not like we haven't seen it ten thousand times. It still has a good effect, though. It, it's really good. the The things that you notice that you don't notice just on a small screen, mm-hmm. and the sound in an IMAX theater oh, cannot be beat. Everyone knows this. Yes. Well, we we haven't even talked about the Andor preview. Oh yeah, because that that happened first. I'm glad we weren't late because we were wondering on the way there would it be at the beginning or the end, and they shot it before, and it was fucking amazing. I it, it was. We're not going to give anything away, but it starts with like a conversation, mm-hmm. and then it goes right into yeah a scene, an extended scene. Yeah, and the quality of what we saw, you said it. Better than anything we've seen any mm-hmm. show to date, and that includes our beloved Kenobi show. It's true. Just in that one scene. And, like, I, we loved the Kenobi show. Yeah. But I guess this show is not filmed on the volume, that big soundstage. Mm-hmm. They actually filmed a lot more on location, and it shows. Plus, the actors are just fucking good. Yeah. This is a call out to Diego Luna. You are beloved. Yes. We love your character and we are excited to see... He's excited. Which makes us excited. (laughs) The little conversation like where he speaks at the beginning a little bit, he's like swiveling in his chair like an excited child. (laughs) Like it was really cute. So cute. And he's so passionate about it too. I loved what he was saying that it's kind of like the story of an immigrant, a story of revolution. Mm -hmm. And they like committed to that idea... And just brought that perspective. And they said in the interview, and you and I, I felt you next to me go, Same. Mm-hmm, where he was saying, because it, it was him and Tony Tony Gilroy, right? That's the They were saying that it, Star Wars and this, the thing about these movies is that it's about the character and character yes. development. And they're like, there is a certain expectation that there will be a certain level of action. But to them, the character development was what was so important. And you and I both were like, mm-hmm, yes, yes, thank you, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> so now it's guaranteed to be wonderful because this is all we ask for as fans. Yeah. I'm ugh, just that scene, the acting, their eyes, everything. Oh my god. The Stellan communi- Skarsgård is oh, a great actor also. I love his voice. Yes. There's so much Yeah. Uh, there's acting that goes on in the face, there's acting that goes on in the voice. Mm-hmm. And then there's the action. Yeah. And it's all really good. And I I'm, <laughs> I'm literally getting goosebumps. I know. It's I'm I think this is the sleeper series. Mhm. That's going to blow people away. Yeah. Unexpected. And I could not be happier for Diego Luna and company. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Because they can go a lot of places with this story. It is the beginning of the rebellion. They have so much more latitude, I think, than the Obi-Wan show. There's so much expectation on that show. Mm -hmm. And, like, anybody who's seen the prequels or the original trilogy is going to have opinions, Mm -hmm. you know, on how that plot should unfold. With Andor, they can tell whatever story they want Mm -hmm. and tie it in. And it just has so much potential. And I think it's kind of nice. Diego Luna has even said in some interviews that it's one of the first times he's doing a movie that, like, they don't have to do press and promote and be like, oh, I hope somebody watches it. They know they're going to have an audience already. And they kind of have more forgiveness, I would say, in in the kind of storytelling they want to pursue. I'm just so excited because I really trust Diego Luna and... Tony Gilroy, our executive producers, and Tony Gilroy wrote it. Mm-hmm. And so I just really trust them, especially after rewatching Rogue One. Yeah, they get it. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's going to translate very well. And I always like when there's the anchor of we know what happens. So they can build a story towards the point that yes. we already know. So there's less chance. <laughs> to like veer off Correct. and unexpected. Yes. Or not even unexpected, but unnecessary Yeah, or something that just deviates totally from a character. We know where the character ends up and what he does. Yeah. So they can build properly towards getting to that point. Yes. Which is going to make Rogue One even better, which it doesn't even need. (laughs) It's so good as it is. Well, that's why the original movies were so good. Because Mm -hmm. George Lucas knew from the beginning what he was doing. And that's why the sequels were a little bit, you know, shit in the bed every time. Jesus, yeah. Pardon that disgusting phrase. Well, no. I mean, they clearly didn't have an end point they were working towards. So each movie was kind of like pulling the characters in opposite directions until they settled on this one, like, Hail Mary at the end. And Mm -hmm. it shows when Mm -hmm. you don't have the ending figured out yeah it's it's i'm i'm looking forward to it yesterday kind of proved that i'm all in yeah same i've been excited about this show because i loved rogue one so Mm -hmm. much but now i'm like i can't wait i'm so excited about this one like maybe more so than the kenobi show because i was more afraid yeah well the kenobi show i totally get that because Ooh, don't fuck that up, yeah, right? Exactly. But this we kind of like you said, we have more wiggle room mm-hmm. almost. There's more forgiveness, maybe. I don't know. I, I just think when you have more episodes and more money coming from a different pot, if you will, sure, mm-hmm. uh, you have more freedom to ensure a better product. I think. And, yes. And like you've said in the past, Kenobi was a self-contained entity. Mm-hmm. It didn't stray too much, even though maybe it should have, like with the mentioning of Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just right. just a mention. Maybe. Uh, she was kind of integral in the whole thing, but God forbid. <laughs> it's a, a little too contained, but this is a world building. We're going to get the rebellion. So things we're looking forward to that we hope we see, we kind of loosely discussed, Bale. It was so nice to see him. We saw him in Rogue One yesterday after seeing him in the Kenobi show, and we still are bail lovers Mm -hmm. promoters (laughs) shippers it makes me want to cry when i see him now it's awful especially when you see him in rogue one and he's leaving to go back to alderaan and he says i would trust her with my life but the thing is is like i think he i have to believe that 
you know, when Alderaan said its farewell, that somewhere in, you know, Bale's heart, he knew Leia was okay. I, I mean, it happened so fast, no one's thinking anything. But in my head, yeah, Bale knew, okay, Leia's got this anyway, so... I mean, the the Kenobi show proved that he really understood her and, like, really trusted her to be her own person. So I'm sure he knew. And at this point, he knew he was putting her in harm's way to do that, to take the tapes, you know, mm-hmm. to, to fetch Obi-Wan and Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Like, he clearly knew she would handle it just fine. And it's great to see all of that mm-hmm. after seeing the Kenobi show. Yeah. We got that little bit more. It does. It adds more to every single thing you watch now. Your friend, the Jedi, mm-hmm. and it's just like we we know what happened. Now there's the bit more backstory with Bale and yeah and Obi Wan, and it's it's cool. I like it. It's really cool. Well, I can't. I'm terribly sad. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Always. If you need to purge and have a good cry, <laughs> Rogue One is a good way to just do that. That's it. Get it out and bring your toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Yeah, it's true. Also, our boy K2SO. <laughs> Always a delight. I love him so much. Every single line of his is just like, I'm waiting for it. Because I, I love it. And the little shift of his eyes. Yes, I kind of like never really registered that until well, we saw it on the big screen. So big. Yeah. His yeah. little wiggle of his eyes. <laughs> his little white. It's like, it looks like he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, he's a droid, so it's... Weird way of making them look more human, but oh my god, I love and him. His awkward body, which I love so much. <laughs> it's so awkward. Who designed that droid? I give them an A+. Plus. <laughs> the hands. He lifts up his hands and his hands are like half the size of his arm. <laughs> and they hang down well below his knees, which his legs are too long. I mean, the whole thing is kind of crazy, but it's so good. Well, kind of matches, like, his gangly beast brain also. Yes. Because, like, the scene where he slaps Cassian, and he's like, I'm taking the prisoners to imprison them in the prison. (laughs) (laughs) There's a fresh one. (laughs) So funny. It's good. I love seeing this, like, giant beast of a droid not being able to think of things quickly. Right, right. He's overwhelmed by... That's how I would be. Yeah. I relate. Without a doubt. I'm just not cool under pressure. (laughs) Also, paging Harris and Dula. No, paging Commander. General. General, excuse me. God, Jesus. (laughs) Can we get Hera in the Andor show, please? Just a a smidge. They must know each other, right? Right. At some point. Come on. They're right there in the same facility. I know the ghost is parked right there. That's the name of the ship, right? Yes, the ghost, yes. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. The ghost crew? Yeah. yeah. That's what I was like. That's why they're called that, right? Yeah. <laughs> My brain just kind of like hit a moment. Yeah. Oh. You know geez. what we thought of yesterday? I guess I guess I thought of it and I didn't think of it before or quite the same way is that Chirrut is very much like Kanan when Kanan loses oh. his eyesight. Yes. I love him so much. Chirrut is... <laughs> God damn. I... First of all, the performance... Everyone knows it's fantastic. Yeah. His acrobatics. Donnie Yen is amazing. What the fuck? I would, I'm always floored every time I see his like solo moments when when he's just fighting by himself. Yes. The way he handles that staff. I think Ray could have really, yeah. had he taught like Ray something. Because Ray was already pretty good with the staff. Oh, yeah, but could you imagine cool. Ray at his level? 
you know, as a mentor or something. Like, you know. That'd be so cool. I, like, I remember the first time I saw that in the theater, I was, like, cheering, like, screeching in my seat, trying to, like, scream into my jacket, because I was so excited. Because you never, you know, we had never seen anything like that in Star Wars before. When they break the helmet and glass flies out of the stormtroopers' helmets, I was like, this is what I want from Star Wars. It's like the little details like that that make it more realistic because they couldn't do it in the 70s. You know, they didn't have the technology, but now, mm-hmm. oh my God, the way they add those little details and the sound of the force choke. Yes! Where we've talked about it in oh, our yeah. episode about sound effects where it sounds like this noise gets like sucked out. I loved that. And I like that Vader gently and then increases it and, and Ben's performance, you know, as Krennic, yeah. it's a kind of a subtle choke and then it, he increases the amount of chokage. You can I hear guess. like the blood pouring through your ears, you know, pounding let's, in your ears. Let's talk about Ben Mendelsohn because <laughs> we fucking love him. He's such a good actor. And he's like strangely handsome. Mm-hmm. And yes. like, I don't know what it is about him, but I really like him. It's this like self-awareness, I think, is a big part that's of a good, it. That's a good way to put it. If you see him interviewed ever, he is centered and very sure of who he is, or at least he, he doesn't care maybe what other people think. That's at least the vibe I get seeing him interviewed. And you see it in his performance. He has a a non-self-conscious performance. Mm -hmm. And I like that about him a lot. And he wears a cape well. Which is hard to do. A white cape. very natural. (laughs) Black capes are one thing, but a white cape. Right, which is an intelligence officer, right? Yeah, I mean... He's pretty fucking good. He's great. I noticed yesterday, more than usual, the emphasis that they have on building Vader's presence in the first scenes that we see him. Not in the back to tank, but when he approaches Krennic, there's a little bit of hesitation in Krennic's face Mm -hmm. because he's so imposing, Vader. Yes. And they show the shadow of his figure on the wall before they show him. Which I had never noticed before. It's brilliant. Until we saw it on the big screen. Then I was like, wow, that's really imposing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vader loves a fucking entrance. What Skywalker doesn't? <laughs> Turn on all the Beyonce spotlights yeah. behind him while he walks in through the garage door. Like, I just <laughs> he doesn't. It. He doesn't need a fan. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. The cape his own fan. <laughs> Billows on its own. It's so funny. Yeah, and we don't have to talk about the hall scene. Yes, we do. <laughs> you, It was adorable. You moved forward to like the edge of your chair to watch it. Oh, it was so good. I didn't want to miss it. Oh. And it's just so impactful <laughs> on the big screen. I, you know, the first time and only time I've seen Rogue One in theaters, I had no idea that was coming, right? None right. of us did. Right. I was so overwhelmed when I saw it the first time. Now, I was prepared, and I said, okay, this is everything I've ever wanted. I'm already emotional. I'm already crying because, like, everyone's just died. Yeah. And we're about to get everyone in this hallway dead within minutes. It's still terrifying, the amount of fear that comes out of those actors in that hallway. There's nothing like it. It's the best Vader in the... Maybe ever. Yes. Yes. And then the lights and the breathing and the light. It's just perfection. This movie just totally gets it. It gets it. I'm it's telling you. It's such an homage. And it was the first time in a long time we saw live action, like, droids yep. instead of, like, green screen droids and shit like that. 
It was such a reference to the original trilogy, and you could see how it's starting to tie into that, and they did it so beautifully. But then, these little details, like how they treated Vader, and how they edited the scene. We've seen it how many times? It always makes my blood pressure go, like, through the fucking roof. It is crazy. And... Honestly, all the emotional stuff that happens mm-hmm. before that. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch it, because it's so well done, like when Chirrut dies, yeah, and he stands up. You were saying yesterday, he stands up and they kind of like take the music down and he just holds his staff and you can see he's making up his mind. And you're just like, no, don't do it. But he's the only one who can do it. He's the only one and he knows it. And yes. he does it and he's calm about it. He does it. And I do like, because he's blind, right? He couldn't immediately find the lever. Yeah. And it's one of those... Subtle things that they add that makes your heart pound just a little bit faster. Yeah. Because you want him to find the thing and he finds it and he's so happy he does. Yeah. And then it's just like over. You know, it was his idea to make the character blind. It was Donnie Yen's idea. It's a great idea. It's so smart and it adds so much. Like with his that fight scene earlier where they show him hearing, like listening and he hears mm-hmm. the foot move and the turn of the head. And I love it. Mm-hmm. And then I love when Cassian's like, is he a Jedi? <laughs> like, I mean, that was insane. <laughs> what the thing is, is, he would have been. Yeah. I just love his faith too in the Force. It's very calming, it's very soothing. And he's such a centered being in the middle of all this chaos. And I love the humor be- between him oh, and... yeah. Uh, what's the other character's name? Baz. Between him and Baz. 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 Whatever. They're <laughs> adorable. And Chirrut inspires him all the way to the end. And I, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. All of these characters... This is why we love it. Again, characters. Mm-hmm. They all teach each other something very crucial even at this stage in their life, even before they all die yes. doing it. And I, I think it's a great example that it's never, ever too late in life to do something better, to learn something, to do something selfless, to, to change yourself, you know? Yeah. Jin didn't believe at all. She's very, you know, either like borderline realist slash pessimist about life. Yeah. And reasonably so. Exactly, with good reason. But look at what happened when you believe in something. And she believed in the Force. She had that kyber crystal, which I do love that Chirrut sensed it. I love that scene. Calls her out right there in the street. Mm -hmm. Like, I do kind of love how they all just come together haphazardly. And I, you know, I think it's great. It's so good. And it's it's not forced. And I think that has to do with the filmmaking because you have to maneuver your characters into position and get them all as a group and then get them to work together. That can be really cheesy. Mm -hmm. And I think that this group of actors and then with the director and the good screenplay, it's so perfect. And they all made a choice to be together in the end. Yes. And that's what I I love. Each character goes through. You were just talking about Jin, which is funny because I had just been having that thought. I was going to say that next. There you go. Space twinning me. Like, (laughs) it was fantastic. Because she has the change of heart. She tells Saw Gerrera, like, it's not a problem seeing the Empire flag if you don't look up. Yeah. And then Cassian has the same thing where he is being told over and over throughout the whole movie that his job is not actually to get Galen Air, so it's to kill him. Mm-hmm. And you can see in his performance, in Diego Luna's eyes, he's just so disappointed every time that order is reinforced. And then he finally makes the decision that he's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's where his character has the turn. So by the end, they've and Bodhi Rook. Yes. Also. You see, he's so nervous the whole time, and he just keeps... 
despite his fear, making that decision to do the right thing. But it's... Galen told him, you can make better for yourself. You can do better. Yeah. And he made the choice. And, I, and it all goes back to Galen. Galen stood in front of those fine men that he worked with. He knew they were good men. He couldn't let them be executed, even though yeah. it was a slap in the fucking face that they were anyway. Yeah. And I want to then point out that I fucking love Mads Mikkelsen. Absolutely. I have loved him since this horrible movie called King Arthur came out. (laughs) (laughs) This horrible movie. It was like so long ago. It was probably in high school, I think, when it came out. And instantly, his character doesn't even speak. I was like, that's my favorite character. And it's because he, it's him. It's his presence. Mm -hmm. And the way he performs is just so captivating in everything I've ever seen him in. Well, the Mickelsons have that. Right? Like, his brother is kind of... What's his name? Thrawn? Lars, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, 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 you're right. (laughs) Sorry, I went right for the character. (laughs) He is. He is Thrawn. This man is Thrawn. Yes. (laughs) Through and through. So I love that, like, Thrawn and Galen Urza are really brothers. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it it makes me happy. And it's appropriate. And, And Mads is, he has that subtle facial acting. Yes. He's so talented. And I think he's very handsome. I know that one of our followers also agrees with me. Well, we, we, we tend to like, we acknowledge the handsome ones that aren't conventionally handsome. I think, I don't know about you, but I get really bored with American sense of beauty. Chris Evans. <laughs> I'm not bored by his beauty. but I mean, it's like, yes, he's handsome, but I get tired of that same like cookie cutter. Yeah. Thing. And that's why I find people like... Like Diego Luna and Mads Mikkelsen and Ben Mendelsohn. Like, they're all like. Gary Sinise. Oh, I love Gary Sinise. Me and so Lauren much. love Gary Sinise. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Sinise, did you ever hear this? I love you. We love you. I've loved you forever. It's so funny because when we both <laughs> first realized that we both had an odd crush on Gary Sinise. <laughs> Look, watch of Mice and Men and tell me if you'll fall in love yeah, with that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but yeah, it's way more interesting. Yes, it's just, yeah, it's more about like. There's something going on behind mm-hmm. the looks, and I think that makes somebody very captivating. Well, I don't know if anyone, any Stephen King fans out there that has watched the miniseries The Outsider, I believe it's on HBO, HBO Max, something like that. Ben Mendelsohn plays the main character who's a cop. Oh, yeah. Who's a dis- dis- disillusioned cop. And it's supernatural. It's Stephen King. It's very... I read the book. The book is excellent. Mm -hmm. I was very pleased to see that Ben was going to play the cop. Yeah. And he did a fantastic job. But that made me really fall for him. Like, for his non-conventional, handsome... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember you texting me when you were watching it. Yeah. Because it was... Yes. There are just certain people like... Mads Mikkelsen is the same. Yes. In Hannibal? Is that what the show is called? Oh, yes. Yes. The show is terrifying. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. But he, and they joke about it in the production, like, that it's a dark comedy, and that he is a psychopath, so the fact that he has empathy for a character and wants the character to like him is unrealistic. They say that. They're breaking rules. But he's so charming. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's the whole point. That is the point, Is that he wears these very exotic suits, and he's very cultured, and he's very seductive even when he's just talking to someone casually those are the most terrifying killers right and like the fact that he can be both sides like that the actor can portray both sides i'm sorry are you describing thrawn (laughs) (laughs) exotic suits 
Well, his <laughs> very cultured. Yes, he plays a character like that on Sherlock. Lars Lars Mikkelsen plays a really creepy, creepy, creepy character on Sherlock. <laughs> and it just, you know, it's very Thrawn, but if he was living in Britain. Yes. Well, I think Thrawn might live in Britain. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Had he been on Earth, he would have had a nice castle somewhere. Someone posted a video of George Lucas saying that he gets to know cultures through their art. And then they were like, does that mean George Lucas is Thrawn? <laughs> It's like oh shit, kind of seems like like a young <laughs> a young version of him when he was very young. So it was like, hmm. did he base Thrawn off himself? Possibly. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I like Thrawn. Anyway, what what do we? I don't know. We sidetrack as we normally as we do. normally do. Well, but... it's Meds Mickelson, blah blah blah. Yeah 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 yep, yep, yep. Rogue One. Yeah, I love them all. Okay, we have to talk about the scene on the beach. Cause oh, do we? Yes. Because I love it with, like, possibly one of my favorite scenes in all cinema. It's beautiful and terrifying. So gut-wrenching. And it's the actors. It is. It absolutely is. The, the, um, it's beautiful in, like, the most terrifying way. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The end is coming. And it's almost like a sunrise. Yeah. It's beautiful. Looking, it's like a nuclear shockwave. It is, yeah. and the shots intermingled with how they're looking at it from space, like up above. Yes, mm-hmm. may the force be with you. You know yes. how, oh, and then they cut. To, oh god, that's the part that really gets me because it's like they're up there and they can't do a thing. They just have to stand by and watch. And they're down there and they can't do a thing. Yeah, and it's, I shook my head so many times because fuck. The Empire. Right. How horrific was the Death Star? Right? And then they destroy Jetta City and they say, oh, how beautiful. Yeah. Oh, well, that went well. Fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like, oh. Anyway, it's it's uh, the acting, the silence. Yeah. Especially though when Cassian says your father. What a what a nice yes. final thing to... I just... The, the actors have such good chemistry with each other and like... The, the arc of their, I don't know, relationship, friendship, whatever you want to call it, is really fun to watch because they're kind of similar. And they very. have these like very damaged people who could be amazing, honorable people, but they're just in the muck, you know, mm-hmm. doing the work. And as they kind of work together, they start to realize, like, we could be better. Like, they're foils for each other where they keep holding each other accountable. Yeah. Like, when Cassian was supposed to execute her father and she's talking to him in the ship. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you put him in danger. He's dead because of you. And he says, I don't have to explain myself to you. Yeah. I love that scene because he is wrong, but he's doing his best. You know, he's just trying to follow orders, right? He's being pulled in all these different directions. Yeah. And then to have them get all the way to the the tower. Well, when they're in the elevator and they're looking at each other, there's a need. Yes. They they realize there's a need there. Yeah. That's how I interpret that scene. They're just in it together till the end. Like, this is it. Like, yeah. They know it's the end and they just have each other and that's it. So they And it's like a beautiful thing. I don't know. God, their chemistry together where they're looking at each other and then when they hug on the beach and they get consumed by the white light. <laughs> she... The way she looks right now. <laughs> I'm meditating. I, I don't okay. mean to laugh. No, it's true. It's too much. It's like perfectly done. It's so over the top, but it's so subtle at the same time. Well, and it's the focus of the camera work on their eyes. 
Yeah. Because the eyes are the window to the soul. and They don't have to say anything. Yeah. And the fact that Cassian's last words were a comfort to Jin. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful wrap up. Yeah. For his... I mean, I'm going to be thinking of this when we see the, the show. Yeah. Same. And we talked about it in the car yesterday, how his eyes stay open. Yes. Right up until the end, and he has this, like, last look of kind of fear, which we were saying how, like, more effective that is than if someone was, like, squeezing their eyes shut. Yeah, I mean, it's human. Yeah. Even if you're there with someone, and you know, and you're okay with it. You're still going to have a flash of fear. Your body Mm -hmm. is designed to preserve itself, and when it can't, you're going to be afraid. Yeah. And I think it's great that they left that in. And the way they're, like, so wrapped around each other. Desperate. Yeah. There was a really fun fan theory, which of course I'm, I'm sure it's not real, but I like the idea of it, that Jin's kyber crystal is between them. Oh my god, I never thought of that. Yeah, and so like when they died, maybe they were like protected together somehow by that, and I was like, oh, I like that idea. <laughs> that they could have like joined the force together somehow. I'm fucking floored. I have never heard this, and this is amazing. I loved the, the oh idea Oh my of it. god. <laughs> Can we make it canon? <laughs> I need it as a comfort. We just did. <laughs> I'm putting my stamp on it. My jaw's on the floor. Isn't that a fun idea? Well, it's not fun. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's less painful. It's less painful. It, like, eases the pain of the reality, I guess. It's like a... Something you can cling to. I think, yes. I think that the Force works in very mysterious and yet clear-cut ways. Right. And I, th- I would like to think that it, in that moment, perhaps, it was quick. Yeah. Obviously, it was quick. Yeah. I like that they didn't suffer. But their souls, <laughs> perhaps, were preserved. Yeah. In some... I mean, shit. <laughs> I, 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 they go straight to Leia. They will always be preserved in whatever happens after that. Like, yeah. Well, oh my God, too. And that with Leia actually got me super emotional this yes, time. Yes. Because Carrie Fisher has passed away now. Yeah. And she hadn't when the show came or the movie came out. And so now to like see her as young Leia full circle. I mean, I know she wasn't the one performing it. It doesn't matter. Like Leia. Well, she gave always... her stamp of approval. She said, go for it. Yes. Recreate me as a young, beautiful Leia again. I think she said, like, make it good. You know, like, if you're going to do it, make it good. We love you, Carrie. God, carry on. I love her so much. Yeah, that that made me emotional. And then to know, like, if you ever jump from Rogue One right into A New Hope, it's like the energy level at the end of Rogue One going into A New Hope. They don't, like, really tie in because Vader's just not at that murder level anymore. Well, he's fucking pissed that the ship got away. yeah. He needed to I be. I do. I do. <laughs> I really do love the cape flutter. Mm-hmm. There's no wind in space. But no, there's not. Like there's. But you're so it's, right. It's self-generated cape flutter from his fucking anger. That's my headcanon. The force is making it. Like flub he's so and... angry that it has to come out in like a vent from his suit, and that's what's causing the cape flutter. I don't care if it's a oh, film man. mistake. That's why his suit is overheating all the time. <laughs> His fucking anger. Oh, that's great. Just think, Anakin's in there fucking pissed. Seething. <laughs> I and love the it. cape flutters because of it. And the like end. It. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The obvious question this week is, did you get a chance to go see Rogue One re-released in theaters? And what did you think of the Andor preview? We gotta know. Are you excited? 
Did you love it? Did you steal toilet paper from the bathroom? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell us. <laughs> Were you a thief at any point? We'd love to know. Okay, next week we have a very special episode. We are going to have some friends on. We are going to have the host of Conversations, another Star Wars podcast on our show. They had us on their show like a year ago, and we're finally getting our schedules uh, together. Yes. And we're going to have them on and have a conversation about Kenobi and Andor and just laugh a lot. Yes. These guys are, Charles and Pat are hilarious, and they're wonderful. And They do a damn good Kenobi impression as well, and we will be making Pat do his impression. Pat does great uh, Mando Obi-Wan cosplay as well. Yes. So. Join us back here for that. It should be a, it should it, be a really good time. It's going to be a lot of laughs. We're, we can't wait. It's going to be great. They're good dudes. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. We appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for everyone's support. So if you'd like to also support the podcast and become a patron, head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. And as always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need just one place to find all of these things, head over to our website, mostthingskenobi.com. So, until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. Always.